how to survive as a small business. Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, sharing the show, tagging a friend to watch the show, all of those things. I really appreciate it. You can find us on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network over to flfnetwork.com. Put in HGBT, HGBT, and subscribe, become a member, get 10, no, you don't get 10% off. You get a mug, that HGBT mug right there. You get a ton of great benefits. You get $100 off our conference that's coming up October 1st through the 3rd, and you get uh, access to amazing video content. It's absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend it. If you have any questions, comments, you want to email me, if you're bored, being stuck, all by yourself in your home, email me, Matt, howtobuildtent.com. Subscribe, like, share, or, I mean, or subscribe, like, or whatever to follow. Uh, How to Build a Tent on the social media sites and hit me up. I'd love to hear from you where you're at, what you're thinking, what your ideas are for starting a business, for what you are thinking of doing as far as pivoting if you have a current business right now. It's interesting times. I was thinking about this with what, what is God doing with the coronavirus who's shutting down the economy? And I was thinking about it too in context of my goal for this year of 250 making 250. And the goal that I've had this year is to get 250 individuals or families to start a business together to get to a goal this year of making $250 in revenue. And when the economy kind of just stops, <laughs> that makes the goal kind of hard. But I still believe in the goal. I still think the goal is attainable. And I still think it's a goal that we should all be thinking about. I hear a lot of people saying that there's going to be huge layoffs. And that may be so. That people have lost their jobs. That's probably true. And that people are struggling to get by. And we need to cut these checks, these thousands of dollars. I think I've seen up to $3,000 for families. Uh, People are going to get these checks. Which is funny, and I don't know about your lifestyle, but $3,000 isn't going to cut it for me and my family if I lost all my streams of income. And so is it really worth giving people a a quick fix that's not going to really fix anything, that's going to just kind of put us back in the same situation in a month or two? I mean, maybe your argument is that you're going to get these checks And by the time you run out of that money, you're going to have your job back or you're going to be able to get business and your revenue is going to return to your small business. But I don't see that as a possibility. And I've seen some crazy theories about how we need to shut down the government like for 45 days because businesses can last 45 days without income. And I just I don't even know what to say to some of this. There's a lot of people's thoughts and ideas that are. Probably panic, probably hysteria, probably just honestly foolishness on what we should be doing because nobody has ever lived through this before. We have not done this as a global community, as you know, multiple nations shutting down borders to this extent, shutting down cities, telling people that they can't go shopping, they can't go become patrons of their businesses. And so people are just coming up with ideas to make themselves feel comfortable almost. That's what it feels like to me. And we have to really parse through them and really evaluate them. And we can't, and we have to, we have to talk to our leaders too. We have to reach out to our politicians that represent us, 
our president, congressman, that you guys can't just do everything. You can't just do anything. You have to do things that are wise and smart. And just because it might be political, politically expedient for you to throw the book at this, you're probably making it worse than it actually is. And this is one of the curses of having fools in leadership positions. Sometimes you can get by with voting in fools and voting in cowards, voting in people that aren't grounded in wisdom and truth. And you can get by in the good years. But these are the times where the curses of having foolish people running your country really are exemplified. And we are going to have really severe consequences for what we are doing. Mandatory shutdowns, mandatory stay-at-home orders in New York, California. I think Ohio just did one. Seems that I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but these are all Democrat governors doing this, which makes it kind of interesting to me of why is it such a partisan solution? Anyways, um, if you're watching live, I am watching the text messages. If you have any questions, comments about this, I'll be looking to respond to them in the in the chat or I'll respond to them on this episode, but I will see them in your chat as well. One of the things that I want you to also think about is what are the small businesses, what are the companies that you love that you would hate to go out of business? What are the companies that you frequent for food or for supplies or for crafts? Oops, I just totally just hit my microphone. Excuse me. Better fix that. Where are these places that if they went out of business, your quality of life would go down or your your joy or your satisfaction with where you live would diminish. I would highly recommend or suggest that you would go purchase something from them, that you would find gift cards, takeout, something that you'll need down the road, maybe a gift for somebody you can send to them through online. These companies are here now because this is sustained. Well, did I just stutter? This is sustained, (laughs) a sustained Application of these solutions are going to put all small businesses out of business. They're going to be out and you're not going to have them and your life is going to be impacted. Your your quality of life is going to be impacted. So I highly recommend uh, that you guys support the small businesses that you can. I was looking at, and I didn't even pull this up, shame on me, but I should pull it up on my email while I'm doing this. But I was looking at a tweet that was shared by Marcus, I believe, where, let's see how fast Gmail loads on me. Come on, we're doing this live, Gmail, get on it. And did I get the right picture first? Yeah, Dan Price at Dan Price Seattle on Twitter. He had a tweet where he said, I'm a CEO of a small company that processes payments for other small businesses. So like credit cards and things like that. Our data shows 50% of small business revenue is gone already. Meanwhile, Walmart stock is at record high. Amazon is hiring 100,000 people. No joke, we're on a path where small business extinction swallowed whole. And I agree with that, that that is a possible situation that can happen or an outcome that can happen from this because 50% of your business, if this is true, this is anecdotal, this is one guy, this is all his business. I don't know how big of a company he has. I don't know how many customers he has. I don't know if that sample size is true of all business, but it sounds about right. I would say 50% is probably the loss of business for most people. 
Um, especially like even Costco where there's lines and people are in high demand for the product or their products that they have are in high demand. They are slowly letting people in. They're not letting people in at the same rate. They, there's these lines that are, you know, turn away people. And there's more like of a rationing and quantity to these companies or they're just going to hit them 50%. And the thing is, is I would be curious to know how business was impacted for large companies. But let's just say for sake of argument that small businesses lost 50% of their business already and big businesses did as well. Well, big businesses find it a lot easier to get loans. They find it a lot easier to have cash reserves. They have stock they can issue. They have multiple different ways of raising funds that small businesses do not have access to. And I know that Trump is trying to create liquidation, is trying to create loans, and those might be working. I honestly am not in a place where I need to get a loan, so I'm not pursuing them and knowing how easy it is. Uh, if you guys have any experience with that, I'd love to hear about it and see if you were able to get a loan if you needed it and how you guys are shaping out, shaping up. Uh, but so th there's going to be a lot easier of time for big businesses to be able to get through this. So again, if you are looking to help support small businesses, now is the time. I was even thinking about, I was going to Lowe's trying to work on my sprinklers. Like, oh my gosh, though, I've never done work on sprinklers before. It is such a pain in the butt. For something that is so easy to like replace, but then to figure out where it needs to go, how far the sprinkler can be set to, and how fast it shoots out, and what diameter, radius, and all this stuff, it's just a nightmare. Oh, but anyways, I was thinking, okay, I could go to Lowe's, probably get a better price, and it'd be easier. I know where to go. But I just Googled other places where I could find sprinklers and tried to just take my business elsewhere because I know Lowe's is going to be around still, but the plumbing supply store that has those specialty products that plumbers need that I may need one day for a specialty project that I'm working on, which, which is funny. I have, I put out a call for plumbers cause I have this idea and it seems like it's a terrible idea, but I feel like it's a good idea and I feel like it solves a really major solution. But everyone I've talked to is thinking it's going to be like thousands of dollars. I mean, that's not solving a problem. If your price is thousands of dollars and it really needs to be around three, four hundred dollars, your solution doesn't solve a problem. It's just an idea in the future. It's a concept. Uh, but anyways, so do those kinds of things if you can order online from small businesses. Speaking of, we'll take a break right here. I think this is just a perfect time to do it. Go to Kingsman Grooming Products. Go to KingsmanGroomingPros.com and check out Kingsman Grooming Products. And you are low on face stuff. That is your beard oils, your beard balms, your aftershave, your pre-shave, your lotions. All of those things you can get at kingsmangroomingpros.com. Go to kingsmangroomingpros.com. Support a Christian company. Get 10% off when you put HGBT in the checkout code. And you get high-quality products. Support a small business that's a Christian company. 10% off. And the quality of products are amazing. Look, I got all of these here. I use them. These are empty bottles because I'm just going through them. I use them all over my face all the time. I highly recommend them. Just check them out. Just try a little bit of it and see how great their products really are. All right. So we talked about the small business, 50% off. All right. Let's just talk about this for a second. Matt Walsh, who to me has been kind of crazy about all this. And I kind of understand it. I'm not saying he's being hysterical. He's just thinking kind of the worst case scenario and thinks we're there, uh, which he could, we could be right. He could be right. 
But it just seems like he's stuck in this worst case scenario and he doesn't see the alternatives that are likely as well. I don't think that the scenarios that he's running, the plays that he's running are the most likely situation. But this is what he said. And he retweeted what uh, Fed Bullard said. U.S. unemployment rate may hit 30% in the second quarter. In Goldman Sachs, I think we talked about it last show or the show before, that there would be about a 5% drop in the second quarter GDP, which I could probably see that may be likely. And even if it is 30% unemployment, which is a staggering number, this is what Matt said. Unemployment rate was 25% during the Great Depression. 30% unemployment would be potentially the worst economic fiasco in the history of our country catastrophic consequences we can't allow this to happen we can't okay well what do we do because we have to learn the lessons of the past and we can't just be emotionally freaking out about the number 30 percent unemployment first of all that 30 percent unemployment if it does happen which i don't know if it will i haven't seen any updates of like ford or GM, GE, making these mass layoffs in the last couple of weeks. I haven't heard of them. Usually you get those, those push notifications. You remember 2008, 2009? It was like Goldman Sachs lays off 20,000 people or 100 people or losing jobs at this factory. I haven't really seen any of those. I'm not saying they're not there. But it doesn't seem as bad to me. It's only been a week or two where we've been doing this. Um, But... The lessons that we need to learn are from the, from the Great Depression, even from the Great Recession, is what we do matters. And we may not be able to keep the economy from getting to that point, but how we respond and the policies we implement, the debt that we go into, the programs, and man, let me tell you, the solutions the government is trying to do secretly taking your rights and doing all these other things. I just will talk about in a little bit, the press conference that happened Sunday. Uh, it's unbelievable what um, they're trying to do under this act that the president signed, the defense production act. Uh, but we need to, we need to remember that what we do as solutions to this problem is not going to necessarily keep us from hitting the bottom but it's going to determine how fast we get back to the top. And I just want to say that again because it's really important. The governments will not be able to keep us from hitting the bottom. We're going to hit the bottom wherever that is, depending with all these driving forces. The government's not going to stop us from that. But how we respond and rebounce back is going to be determined by what we do in the government and what the government does. And look what the government did in 2008. We didn't have a fast bounce back. Look at what they did in the Great Depression. Some argue that the policies that the Fed and the federal government did made it worse and made it more prolonged than it needed to be. And you can contrast that with like what Calvin Coolidge did in the, the 20s and what Reagan was able to pull us out of from the Carter years. How we respond is not going to keep us from hitting lows it's going to determine how fast we get back to the top. Just remember that as you are debating, talking about these different ideas, that's going to be something that helps save us in the company. Okay, so let's talk about this. How to survive as a small business. And I want to, to give you an example, and then I'm going to go back and talk to you about how we should just view this whole thing in the anyways. 
There was this one business that my wife was talking to me about back when we lived in California. So California's hit super hard right now, right? You, there's mandatory stay unless it's for something that is serious or however they say it, where you cannot go out unless it's an emergency. So there's this food truck that became a or a food truck that opened a brick and mortar restaurant. And they had this food truck and a brick and mortar restaurant. That's my wife knew about it. And they had burgers or burger joint. And one of the things they're doing that my wife told me about is they're ordering mass quantities of food. So they order a ton of ground beef. They order a ton of hand sanitizers that they would normally use for their bathrooms. They use all these products, these to toilet paper, all that stuff that people are running out of and they are adding it to the menu so that you can go to this burger spot to get ground beef frozen, take it back to your house, that you can go get toilet paper and take it back to your house. So you can get hand sanitizer and take it back to your house. And I just thought that was genius. That is being flexible. That is shifting and pivoting and doing a market shift into what your channels are to deliver to your customer. And they realize something. They realize that people have money still. The economy's finances and resources didn't just disappear. But what happened was demand shifted on all the products that our economy was geared up for. What do I mean? Well, before this happened, the coronavirus happened, the economy is doing really well, things were doing great, wages were going up, people had a demand for good quality food, burgers, restaurants, going out to eat, having that environment, having that atmosphere where you can go hang out with friends, where you can go on dates, where you can take the family out to get out of the house. And demand for that was at a certain spot. Well, with the coronavirus, demand for those services shifted down. It became less. Not because of the quality of products, not because of anything the restaurant did, but because of the realities of what was happening in the economy that this store was this uh, restaurant was working in. But not every demand curve shifted down. A lot of demand curves shifted up, and we saw that with running out of products. Demand for toilet paper shifted up. Demand for hand sanitizer shifted up. Demand for food that you could store shifted up. And what they did is they saw what they had as far as supply channel, as far as their assets and liabilities, and they saw what they were able to do, their differentiation. They have a restaurant which able to access them, get access to different suppliers than we would as not having a restaurant business. And they shifted their value proposition. It was no longer come eat at our store, but come to our store and get the things that supermarkets ran out of. And that's the key, guys. If you are struggling right now, if you're seeing your sales drop 50%, 60%, 70%, if you're seeing that happen, evaluate your assets, evaluate your position in the market and think through what in your portfolio, your product mix, supply where demand is shifted down and you have excess supply, but where you can meet the demand that shifted up. Maybe it's finding toilet paper, all these things. Who knows what it is? I, it could be a numerous things, but you got to be flexible and you got to be able to pivot. 
Restaurants staying in business solely as restaurants might not make it, but I guarantee they're going to make it because there's going to be a need for those things as long as this virus, as long as the shutdown's happening. And as soon as it's over and people are going to want to get out of the house, they're going to be able to shift back into having a restaurant in the atmosphere to, go, to boot. And they're going to be in a position with having cash from this where they're going to be able to take advantage of the other restaurants that went out of business and didn't do the flexible pivoting that this company did. And you want to be like this company. You don't want to be the company that goes out of business because you were one track mind. It's like, I just got to make it work in doing this one thing. You don't need to make it work doing this one thing all the time. Sometimes you got to switch. Sometimes you got to adjust. Sometimes you got to be flexible. And that's how you make it in hard times. That's how you make it. So if you know people are struggling, share this. Share this message. You don't even have to share this podcast. Just to ask them. Share the story. Say, what are you thinking? Like, what can you do differently? What can you do to supply a demand curve that shifted up where there's more demand now? What can you do? That is the question you need to be asking yourself right now. It's not how do you bring sales back or how are you going to get money to survive? What need can you meet right now with what you have? There is needs out there to be met. Go meet them. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.